We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuckery Show. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. You know how we do it on Fridays. We crank the beat up, get the dance party going. So Chuck Rose gets first request. Any idea why I picked this song? You didn't mention any birthdays. Uh, no. Well, because I purposely didn't mention it. So it's Eddie Levert's birthday today. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know he's your favorite. So, yeah. Uh, it's Eddie Levert's birthday okay. today. Born in Canton, Ohio. Yep. He, is, uh, he formed the group, the OJs, in uh, Canton. Father of Gerald. Yep, yep. Gerald and... I think uh, Gerald was born in Cleveland. Okay. I think was where Gerald was born. But Eddie's from Canton, Ohio. Um, I think they I think they all went to um, uh, McKinley High School. Okay. Um, but that's where the group, the OJs, was founded. Nice. So, so, you know, little dance party music. We, yeah. get, it, uh, we get it going for the uh, love train. So, uh, 404-726-0929 is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Don't forget, we got Rankum coming up at uh, 1040. You know, I uh, I have to say, Day Day, that this might have been my most productive day of the year. So I did okay. not have to actually work my day job today. So the oh, way, nice. So the way we do our schedule is just – because they don't want to rack up a whole crap ton of overtime, so they'll give us a day off during the week because we do work on Saturdays. Okay. So, and, you know, usually Saturday would be an overtime day. So we still get, you know, 40-plus hours, but, I mean, just trying to save on overtime, right? Right. So I had the day off today. I got up early, did laundry, and um, then I uh, got ready. I went to Kohl's, what is it, Kohl's, Target, Rack Room Shoes, and Walmart, Came home, did the podcast. Uh, then when I got my, I went and got my oil changed. I filled up with gas. I went and got my car washed. Um, and then what else did I do? Something. Else. And then obviously I came down and worked here. Oh, meal prepped uh, for today, and uh, came down and worked here. This is this has been one of my most productive nice. days yeah, yeah. ever. Because I mean, we're going on the trip tomorrow, so want to get the car washed, get the oil changed, and all that good kind of stuff. Fill up with gas and everything like that, and. Better yet, I don't know if you can see this or not, Day Day. Oh, my gosh. If I can barely lift my leg up on there. What is that, some new kicks? Yep. So <laughs> I got the old guy, fat guy shoes. <laughs> so I got a, I got those new Skechers slip-ins. So y- have you seen those is shoes? Is that the ones with, uh, what's my guy, uh, Tony Romo does the commercial? Is, that, is it those? Well, so I, I don't know if he, I, I, don't, I know he does a Skechers commercial, but so these, these, Slip-in shoes, they're not like Crocs or something like that where, you know, they have the the edge of the, the, the uh, what do you call it, the um, the heel of right. the shoe is, it's flexible, but it's rigid. And okay. so basically, it looks like a sneaker, but you just slide your foot into it. Gotcha. And, man, they are so comfortable. Uh, so I got two pairs. Yeah, that sounds uh, like that might be the ones that Romo does the commercial for okay. because in the commercial – 
the I don't know if it's his, is he did he remarry or did he marry? No, he's ma- he's been married for a while. Okay, so I, I guess it's his wife then that's in yes. the video and she's going back and forth with him on whether or not he wants to go. They she wants to go somewhere, so he keeps sliding his foot in them and then taking them off and yes. sliding them back on. So that might be the same one. Yeah. So it's the it's the new Skecher slide ins and they are great. Like they again for us guys that want to wear like a sneaker but we don't want to bend over and tie our shoes. Um, we also, you know, like I, I, I have a pair of shoes and I, I usually leave them tied and I slip them on and off, but you know, you have that, that he, the heel mm-hmm. isn't rigid. Right. So, you know, it kind of gets crushed, you know, in there. Right. These things, you can step right into them. Nice. They're fantastic. Nice. So I got a pair of black and I got a pair of taupe. Um, and these things are fantastic. So nice. it's been a, it's been a very productive day and they had a buy one, Get one fifty percent off, so that's why I yeah, bought two. Yeah, you got to love the deals. Yeah, so again, a uh, very productive day for Chuckery all the way around. So, um, hope everybody has a good Father's Day weekend. All right, let's get to an NFL squib kick. Taking a look at the NFL with the squib kick with John Chuckery, Sports Radio ninety two nine, the game. So the NFL supplemental draft will be scheduled for July eleventh now. So. The draft is for players who were not eligible for the draft in April, but have seen their circumstances change, being declared ineligible for academic or other reasons, uh, and petitioned the league for eligibility this year. So the big one is Purdue wideout Milton Wright is one such player. He was declared academically ineligible last year, but had no path to the NFL when the league called off the supplemental draft and said players who have been eligible could not enter the league as free agents. Uh, he had 500, uh, sorry, 57 catches for 732 yards and seven touchdowns a couple of years ago. So, you know, we've seen, wasn't Troy Aikman a supplemental draft pick? I think he was, wasn't he in the supplemental draft? Doesn't sound right. I feel like out of UCLA? Yes. No, no out of, uh, well, I mean, yes, uh, out of yeah. UCLA. No, that doesn't sound right. Troy Aikman? Yes. Look up, look up famous players from the supplemental draft. I, I know that there's been some good players that have been drafted over the years in the supplemental draft, but I was thinking that Troy Aikman was a supplemental draft pick. Um, but anyway, that's coming up on uh, July 11th. So um, who's the who's the, um, who's the the quarterback for um, formerly of Ohio State? Um, Terrell Pryor, right? Wasn't he a supplemental draft Pryor. pick? See if, but it wasn't Troy Aikman in the supplemental draft. So you got uh, uh, let's let's go back to we'll go back to '87. Um, Brian Rosworth was one. Ryan Beth, uh, but they uh, Aikman would have been what? I don't see his name. Uh, Bobby Humphrey. Okay, so he was the first pick. In 89. Yeah, I was going to say, because I was in California back then. I, I knew, yeah, um, he was like the talk of the, yeah, he was the man out there. Uh, Let me see who, because I know that there have been some famous players that were in the supplemental Bernie Kosar was. Okay. Draft picks in NFL. Uh, Let's see here. Steve Walsh, is that who you're thinking yeah, about? Because he Walsh was Cowboys. Was, yeah, he was. Uh, um, yeah, Terrell Pryor, Josh Gordon was a uh, was a supplemental draft pick. So, so there have been some there have been some successful players 
in the NFL that have been drafted in the supplemental draft. So, um, and it's usually just because of circumstances that that change within your college, you know, life or what have you, that you're not eligible basically to come back to college. Did you see the Super Bowl ring that the Kansas City Chiefs got? No, I didn't get to see a picture of it. There's a little video if you go online and you can watch it. Um, 613 diamonds. So the Super Bowl ring contains 613 diamonds, 609 round diamonds, and four Marquise diamonds, 35 rubies, and it totals 16.1 carats. And this thing's got a top on it. It's got engraving in it. It's got an engraving on the inside band. Like, it's crazy. What's it valued at? I, it doesn't say. say what it's valued at. Does, doesn't doesn't have the value on here, but I'm I'm sure that this thing is worth a fortune because that thing is huge. I mean, sixteen point one carats. So it's a it's monstrous. It's got the top on it, you know, like like they do nowadays with the rings that you can pull the top off of it and all that good kind of stuff. Oh, um, I see it. Yeah. So features of it: the team's logo with sixteen rubies representing the number of division titles for the franchise. Five diamonds on the Arrowhead portion of the team's logo, representing the 50th anniversary of Arrowhead Stadium. Three Lombardi trophies, each set with a Marquise diamond at the top, representing the team's third Super Bowl championship. A total of 16 baguette diamonds at the base, representing the 16 players who scored a touchdown in the 2022 regular season. A red backdrop created from 19 rubies and 38 diamonds, the Chiefs scored 38 points in the Super Bowl, which was the 57th, which is what 38 plus 19 is. Uh, 54 diamonds along the top, representing the deficit in terms of total points the Chiefs had to overcome in their two most recent Super Bowl championships. A removable top of the ring that can turn into a pendant modeled to look like Arrowhead Stadium each player's name in gold along with a row of 13 diamonds. That, this thing is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. If you had to, if you, th- ballpark, if you had to guess. Oh, six figures. So, and that's a, and so, and everyone that. carrots? Right. And everyone that gets one, you're talking about all the players, you're talking about brass, meaning, you know. Yeah, all the coaches, all the coaches and everything coaches like and that. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you're most, talking about. And, and I'm. Uh, again, so they have different classifications of rings right. for different people within the organization. Right. So those that ring that you're seeing is probably specifically for the players. players. Now, there will be front office people and people that work in the organization that will get a Super Bowl ring, but it won't be that ring. Because I was going to say, that yeah. thing there is. So you'll get a Super Bowl ring. But it won't be the same ring that the players get. <laughs> You'll get the six hundred dollar value on. Well, no, <laughs> I'm just I mean it, it, it will have it will have it will have a nice look to it, but it will be a different because again, you won't have some of the engraving and things like yeah. that on it and, and some of the other features. But it will be a really nice ring, yeah. but it's not the same ring that the players get. Yeah, so the I, front office people will get rings. Right. It's just not the same thing that the players right. get. I like the fact that it has the the pendant, the part that you, the top you can take off as yeah, a pendant. Yeah, just take it right it, off. So that way you don't have to worry about wearing the ring. You can just – because that's a lot of money walking around on your finger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, again, nowadays, I mean, you know, these guys wear these 
you know, these watches and these bracelets, I mean, that just were like six figures, and they yeah. just they don't think much about it. But, yeah, that's true. Uh, it, and it doesn't have a value on it, um, but I'm guessing, so, I mean, 16 carats has got to be worth six figures, does it not? Yeah, I would think so. You know, with all those diamonds and rubies yeah. and everything like that, like it's got to be worth six figures. It's nice, man. That thing is nice. Yeah. So, again, um, if you're a player for the Chiefs, look, there'll be <laughs> – You'll, you'll probably get your chance to buy some of those because at some point somebody will pawn them off. Someone's going to auction it yeah, off. Somebody, yeah, somebody will pawn them off. It, yeah. so, Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, somebody that needs money and what have you. Um, sad, sad news. Ray Lewis III, son of the Hall of Famer uh, Ray Lewis, dies at 28 years old. Ray Lewis III um, has died. He was 28. Young, the uh, Lewis's younger brother, Rashawn Lewis, posted about his sibling's death Tuesday, or sorry, Thursday, in an Instagram story. Details of the circumstances surrounding his death are not yet known. Um, he put on his Instagram page, really can't believe I'm even typing this, but RIP, big brother. Uh, a true angel, I pray you're at peace now because I don't know how much uh, you was really hurting. I love you, I love you, I love you. So I don't know if he took his own life or what have you, but um, when somebody you know, puts out an idea of, uh, how much you're hurting and all that kind of stuff. It certainly wasn't like an accident. I mean, it wasn't yeah, wasn't yeah, like a car wreck or something like that. Unless you're talking about some type, unless he was dealing with an illness that they didn't publicize. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, again, maybe potentially took his own life. I don't know. I don't want to speculate on on that uh, that kind of stuff. But obviously, really, really sad news. Um, this is funny. Uh, we got to get to break. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll come back and talk about this story um, about Mark Davis and his um, lack of. Lack of love for the Oakland A's. We'll talk about that next. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, now to the game, Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Radio 929 the game back at a Chuckery show. Brown Liquor Music Hour rolling right along. You know how we do it on the Friday night dance party. Get it beat cranked up. Um, this is my favorite scene from a movie in history. Without a doubt, this is my favorite scene of all time. I wanted to be Tony Romero, <laughs> uh, Tony Monero, I should say. Tony Monero, I wanted, I wanted, I, I wanted to do this dance in the in the club. Um, my favorite scene of all time, man. The dance scene. In Saturday Night Fever, where he goes off and does the big solo dance. So, uh, 404-726-0929. Um, rank him coming up in about 20 minutes from right now. I I got I have to do this story because again, it, it is funny. So, you know the the Oakland A's are now moving to Las Vegas, right? Okay, and guess who's also in Las Vegas? 
That would be the Raiders. The Raiders. All right. So back in April, back in April, Mark Davis sounded off, who's the Raiders owner, obviously, you know, the son of Al Davis. Davis sounded off on baseball, the baseball team's effort to leave Oakland. Davis isn't frustrated by having to share a small market uh, with a baseball team. He's upset because he the A's tried to commandeer Oakland to the detriment of the Raiders before leaving. Quote, I won't forget what they did to us in Oakland, Davis told the Las Vegas Review-Journal in April. They, they squatted on a lease for 10 years and made it impossible for us to build on that stadium. They were looking for a stadium. We were looking for a stadium. They didn't want to build a stadium, and they went ahead and signed a 10-year lease with the city of Oakland and said, we're the base team. They marketed the team as rooted in Oakland, and that's been their mantra through the whole thing. The slogans that they've been using have been a slap in the face to the Raiders, and they were trying to win over that type of mentality in the Bay Area. Well, all they did was F the Bay Area. (laughs) For them to leave Oakland without anything is pretty screwed up because that site that is the stadium was a good one. We ended up in Las Vegas, which is absolutely fantastic and couldn't be better, but the A's never gave us a real good chance to stay up in Oakland. How about that? Again, the Oakland A's mismanagement of everything that they did. Everything that they did. You know, they could have played somewhere else. They could have knocked down Oakland Alameda Coliseum, built a new stadium right there on that site, and they could have played somewhere else for a year, right? I mean, again, you know, while, um, you know, when when they were re- revamping uh, the Olympic Stadium, remember they revamped the Olympic Stadium here that was right next to, you know, obviously that it would become, you know, Turner Field and all that. But, you know, they played that last year, you know, and then they moved into Turner Field after that, and mm-hmm. they had to revamp the, the stadium, right? They had yep. to, you know, redo it because it was the Olympic track and field event. Wow. Um, Mark Davis does not want the A's around. He he wasn't bashful about saying so in April, and he likely won't be bashful about saying so in the future. I love that. Listen, I love the idea. And the Oakland A's have nothing but egg on their face. They get everything bad that they deserve. Everything. So, yeah, it's, um, again, these these owners of these organizations, you know, they they want everything their way and they want everybody else to pay for it. They they again, they're they're those people that I don't want to I don't want to see the labor I don't want to know about the labor pains. Just show me the baby, or you know, don't tell me what time it is. Just you know, or sorry, don't tell me how you build the watch. Just tell me what time it is. Right. That's that's what they want in all of this. So again, I I love the fact that that they are not happy about. The Oakland A's uh, ending up there, so uh, we'll see what the, what happens with uh, with all of that. But yeah, no love lost between the Raiders and the uh, the Oakland A's. So, so with the Atlanta Falcons, interesting stat that when you look at the Falcons have only had one ten yard pass, sorry, one pass catcher over the last decade that has at least double digit touchdown receptions. In a season. The last guy to do it was in 2018. 
Calvin Ridley. He was the last guy to do it. There's, that's the only player since 2012. So they've gone a whole decade with only one player catching double-digit touchdowns. Now, in an era of NFL football where everybody hucks it around, everybody's throwing six, 700 times in a season, the fact that the Falcons have only had one 10-plus touchdown yard receiver over the last decade is rather astonishing. And by the way, the Falcons have only had about seven guys. What, six? Let's see, three, six. Uh, they've only had seven guys in franchise history that have caught at least 10 touchdowns in a season. Now, Andre Risen, 90, 91, 92, 93, you know, obviously that, that you know, the um, run-and-shoot offense, right? I mean, we didn't run the football, I mean, that much. Well, I, I guess Mike Rozier had a 1,000-yard season. I think Ironhead Hayward had a 1,000-yard season, but they weren't a very heavy run team, right? They were, they were obviously a chuck-it-all-around type of passing team. And when you had, again, when you had Mike Haynes and um, uh, Andre Risen, you know, you, you had, obviously, top-flight guys. So take that era of Falcons football out because Mike Haynes had two years, Risen had four, but you haven't had that many. Again, Julio in 2012, then Ridley in 2018. Ridley's the only guy in the last decade to do that. And I think that there are a lot of candidates that could end that, this kind of malaise that we've been in. Certainly, I think that Kyle Pitts has to be the guy that he ends up being a double-digit touchdown guy. Or I don't know what his true value is. You know, even if he doesn't have the big catch numbers, reception yardage numbers, he has to be a red zone threat and has to be a guy that finds a way to get in the end zone more than twice because that's what it's been. Only, what, two touchdown receptions, you know, last year, or sorry, his rookie year, and I think he had one last year. That That's for the fourth pick of the draft. That's not enough. And so I'm looking for Kyle Pitts to have that, 10, 12 touchdown kind of season, like what Travis Kelsey has. Again, 100 catches, 14 yard, 1,400 yards, 10 or 12 touchdowns. That should be the baseline minimum for what Kyle Pitts does this year. Now, Drake London could be a guy that, look, I'll, I'll take 75 catches out of Drake London if you give me 10 touchdowns for it. Jonu Smith could be a guy that catches – 45 passes, and then he finds a way to score eight or ten touchdowns. Like, I want to see guys score lots of touchdowns in the red zone because if we are going to become that elite type of offense, we have to find a way to obviously put some points up on the board. If we're going to get to that 26-point-per-game type of mark, we're going to have to find a way to score some touchdowns and not settle for field goals. So I think Kyle Pitts is the number one guy. But, you know, again, there are a multitude of candidates. B. John Robinson could catch 10 touchdowns out of the backfield. Jonu Smith could be a double-digit receiver out of, the, out of you know, the tight end spot. Pitts, I think, has got to beat the guy, be the guy. Drake London could be a double-digit touchdown guy. But for a league where we, you know, it's being hucked all around and all this good kind of stuff, the fact that the Falcons, and by the way, the Falcons had a quarterback that threw 60,000 yards in their organization, so 
It's not like we didn't have one of those kinds of quarterbacks, but the fact that we haven't had and you know a a only one double digit touchdown guy was you know catching touchdowns over the last decade is kind of crazy to think about. But still, you know we have multiples of guys that I think are likely candidates to do it this year. And again, you know, hopefully that the way this offense works is we're elite in the red zone. I I still think that we're going to be a run-heavy, run-first type of organization. I don't think with Arthur Smith that is going to ever change. You know, it did in his first year with the Falcons because he had Matt Ryan. And they threw it around a lot. I mean, relatively speaking, I mean, they threw it a lot more than what he was used to throwing it. But that's the kind of offense that we had. That's the kind of players that we had, that this offense was built to huck the football around, not pound it inside and run the football, you know, until we kind of revamped our running backs and, you know, got rid of Matt and all that good kind of stuff. Then we became a power run team. But there's a lot of potential for guys in the red zone to, like, for lack of a better term, you know, in the fantasy football world, vulture Lots of touchdowns. I could see a John New Smith being an 8-10 to 10 touchdown kind of guy. He may not have huge numbers at the end of the day because you got so many options, but he could be one of those 8-10 to 10 touchdown kinds of players where he could vulture a lot of touchdowns down in the red zone. So we'll see what happens with it, but, you know, certainly there are lots of candidates, and certainly, you know, we've, we've had a lot of really good wide receivers, obviously with Julio and Roddy. You know, and guys like that. And then, you know, again, in the run and shoot days, the Mike Haynes and the Andre uh, Risens. Alfred Jenkins uh, had a 10-touchdown season in his career. Terrence Mathis had two 10-touchdown seasons. Look, if Terrence Mathis can have two 10-plus touchdown seasons in a career, there's no reason why Pitts and London and Johnu Smith and some of these guys can't figure out a way to get all of that done. All right, when we come back, it will be time for Rankum. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at a Chuckery show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios. Top of the hour will be the JR Sports Brief. 404-726-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. We used to have a little bit of fun on the weekends. I would pick Hugh's brain, pick Randy's brain. Sometimes I would give them a list of things to put in order. We decided to steal that, and we call this segment Rankum.
right, JC. So uh, we've been we spent some time with uh, Christy Dosh earlier in the show, right? And it got me to thinking. Rank these um, transformations in college, in the world of college sports slash college football. Most mm-hmm. of them college football. All right, so NIL, uh, college football playoff expansion. Texas, Oklahoma to the uh, SEC, UCLA, USC to the Big Ten. Well, I mean, obviously NIL has just completely changed the entire universe of what we define amateurism and collegiate athletes and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's number one. Um, what did you say number two was? Uh, CFB, uh, college football playoff expansion. Yeah, I mean, the playoff expansion I think would be number two on that list. And then Oklahoma uh, to the SEC, and what was the final one? And USC, UCLA to the Big Ten. Um USC, UCLA to the Big Ten, uh, and then Oklahoma. Um, I don't think anybody had on their bingo card that two West Coast teams would be playing in the Big Ten Conference, but, you know, here we are. Yeah. All right. Uh, Some adventuring, all right? Um, Mm -hmm. Skydiving, bungee jumping, deep sea sea diving, or uh, mountain climbing. Um. Well, again, <laughs> um, adventure. Think adventure. Yeah, probably bungee jumping number one. Okay. Skydiving number two. Um. Again, the deep sea thing would go four because anytime you go in the water, you're the road team. Okay. As West Durham said, you know, when you go in the water, you're the road team. So that would be four, and then the, the mountain climbing, mountain climbing would, be would be number three. three. But can you see me mountain climbing? I mean, good lord, like the mountain would have to move. I, I, the mountain would have to meet me. All right, I don't know if you want to go to the text line or the because uh, I got right, a few so, for you um, uh, for for our search. Uh, let's go to the text line, um, Mr. Mom, Gung Ho, Night Shift, and Beetlejuice. Obviously, these are Michael Keaton movies, right? Absolutely, I'm telling you, folks, one of the most underrated comedies of all time. We talk about our underrated comedy list. Gung-ho. Night Shift. Oh, Night Shift. Yeah, Night Shift yeah, is yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Night Shift is absolutely hilarious. It's Michael Keaton's first movie that yeah. he ever did. Henry Winkler, Shelley Long from Cheers, fantastic movie. Night Shift, far and away, number one. Mr. Mom is a great movie. I, yeah, again, it was. that's a very funny family film. So, Mr. Mom, number two. Um, I'll do Gung Ho 3. Okay. And I'm not a big fan of Beetlejuice. I yeah. mean, believe it or not, I I get it, but I'm not a huge fan of of Beetlejuice. Yeah. I, I just, I've never been a I big fan. I feel you. I feel you. From the text line, uh, trimming hedges, weed eating, cutting grass, leaf blowing. Uh, cutting grass because that could be just a, you know, that would be my quiet time. Yeah, I like cutting grass. Um, leaf blowing because that's pretty easy. Um, trimming up the shrubs. I'll take that number three. Okay. I hated weed eating, and, really? and I did a lot of weed eating when when I was younger and working in landscaping. Yeah. I mean, I I would you have a pattern. Yeah. The, the way you weed eat is you start at the right corner uh-huh. of a property and you go around all the way around until you come back around. The other. I mean, there's there's a whole what do you want to call um, strategy? Yeah, like like a, yeah, like a, a strategy game plan. You know, for how you weed eat. So. Uh, and I did way too much of that uh, in the old days. <laughs> uh, let's see here from our buddy Alvy Cohen. Uh, rank these UJ, USA up all night shows: Pacific Blue, Silk Stockings, La Femme Nikita, Duckman. I don't remember Duckman, so that's going to go number four. 
Um, I actually used to watch La Femme Nikita. Yeah, after that was Raw. pretty good. Yeah, that was that that was actually pretty good. Because it wasn't based off the actual movie. La well, Femme Nikita, it, right? well, first it was so La Femme Nikita was actually a foreign movie, right? And then they and then they did, but they then they did an Americanized version, version with yeah, Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda, yep. Which was called, it wasn't called La Femme Nikita. Yeah, it was a... Uh, like, I don't know, No Way Out or whatever. Yeah, I mean, but, but it, was it was based off of La right, Femme right. Nikita. Right, right. It was based yes. off La Femme Nikita and then the actual TV show. So I, I like that that show. Uh, that would be number one. Um, Silk Stockings, probably number two. I'm trying to remember that one. I don't... That was, um, I think it was what, a... Um, Weren't they like private detectives or something like that, solving murders oh, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That would be yeah. number two. Okay. Pacific Blue Three, and again, I don't remember Duckman. Uh, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from our buddy Marco, uh, rank these James Bond last movies: Diamonds Are Forever for Sean Connery, A View to a Kill for Roger Moore, Die Another Day for Pierce Brosnan, and No Time to Die for Daniel Craig. Um, I will tell you that Diamonds Are Forever is an underrated James Bond movie. That one definitely would be number one. Oh, boy. Those other three. Um, <laughs> I'll do A View to a Kill because Christopher Walken's a great villain. Uh, I'll do that one number two. Um, I'll do No Time to Die, but I did not like that movie at all. I did not like No Time to Die. Yeah. I'll do that number three and Die Another Day. That was dreadful. I mean, even with Halle Berry in it. It was a dreadful movie. Yeah. That yeah. was a dreadful movie. Yeah. I like parts of it, but it was just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> for my buddy Matt Ryan, rank these NBA draft trade do-overs. The Sonics trade Scottie Pippen for Olden Polonies. The Bucks trade Nowitzki for Robert Tractor Trailer in 98. Um, Packers trade uh, Cowie for George Hill. And the Sixers, um, Sixers trade Tatum for Fultz. Um, that Scotty Pippen for Olden Polynesis. Yeah. Did you did you hear that one of the, the former GM of the uh, Portland Trailblazers said that they wouldn't? What was it? Um, Jordan wasn't even the next player on their list. Like they drafted Sam Bowie, right? That's right. the famous thing they drafted Sam yep. Bowie at number three or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jordan wasn't even their second choice. No, because they, they had Clyde, and they thought Clyde right. was their guy. Like, right. well, I mean, which he was, right. but they didn't think – they thought Clyde would be that guy kind right. of that generation, right. so to speak. So they weren't even they weren't even, yeah. they, they weren't even looking at um, Michael Jordan as, the, as, right. as their, like their second choice. Like, it didn't come down to Michael or another guy or right. Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie was going to be the pick, but – they weren't they weren't even sold on Michael as you know their their other option mm-hmm. available. So yep. um, crazy to think, but you know again that's just kind of how that's why GMs get fired all the time. <laughs> uh, rank these jobs in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mark Ratner, the movie theater guy. Uh, Ron Johnson, the stereo salesman. Uh, Mike Damone, the ticket scalper, and Brad Hamilton, the gas station clerk. Um, I like Mike Damone because he was a sleazy guy and he was the <laughs> ticket scalper and he supposedly got that girl pregnant or whatever. Uh, what's her name? Um, oh gosh, what was her name? What was he? Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. He got her pregnant. Yeah. Um, that's number one. Um, I'll take Mark Ratner, the guy in the movie theater. Um, that would have been a good gig back in the old days. <laughs> uh, I'll take uh, I'll take Ron Johnson, the stereo salesman, number three. 
and the uh, Brad Hamilton, the gas station clerk, because I wouldn't have wanted to do a job <laughs> like that. So, anyway. All right. Oh, Duckman was an animated, adult-oriented uh yeah, deal, I don't so. think I ever saw that yeah, one. But I they never, used to I, have some good shows, those those uh, USA. Yeah, those late at, yeah, those late at like, night Yeah, shows. they yeah. had some good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready to get to searching? Yep, let's do All it. All right, I have a few of them, so hopefully we can get through it. Okay. All right, first up, we got uh, Kennedy, K-E-N-N-E-D-Y, mm-hmm. dot, I guess it's Pico, P-I-C-O. Okay, Pico de Gallo. <laughs> All right, uh, Kennedy Pico. She's only got a few followers. Yeah, she does, but she's got a lot of pictures. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next one is uh, G- uh, Star, I guess, but it's G-E-M star, S-T-A-R. Star. That's it? Yep. Okay. All right. Gemma Michelet or something yep. like that yep. is, her, is her name. All right. All right. Then we got, uh, I guess it's France T, F-R-A-N-C-E. T Y, mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. Yep. Okay. Uh, Francia James mm-hmm. is her name. Yep. Um. Okay. All right, and then la- a, I like this. She's a digital <laughs> creator. You're right. right. Yeah, you're creating. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, and the yeah. last one for digital. this group, uh, underscore underscore, mm-hmm. head over heels. Everything spelled uh, right, correctly. Okay. All right. Why? Why the? Why the double, double underscore? underscore? I have a chocolate no goddess idea. is what her name. Oh, sorry, <laughs> um, man, won't let me see that one. Uh, let's see. Okay. Got um, her. I will take that. That. Uh, that fancy. Yeah. Tie. She is yeah, very yeah, yeah. fascinating. Um, I will actually take uh the head over heels chocolate goddess number two. Okay. Okay. Um. I'll take that Kennedy Givens number three, and uh, these are not all bad choices. No, at not at all. Yeah, not and at Gemma all. Michaels number four. All right. Actually, they'd probably tie for three because <laughs> I don't want to put somebody in four. <laughs> all right. Next group is uh, this next one is, uh, I guess it's, uh, I'm not even about to attempt. V A N E S S I T A O F I C I A L. Vanessa Cita, Vanessa Cita Fisher. Uh, her name is Vanessa Borquez, I yeah. guess is what her, what her name, name is. is yeah. Yep, sorry, that page is not available. Oh. Uh, but we got pictures of her. Okay, cool. All right, now we got underscore Gypsy Liddy. So G underscore G-Y-P-S-Y-L-I-T-T-Y underscore. I have no idea how they come up with these names. Neither do I. I mean, what are you sitting there thinking? Yeah, that page is not uh, available, but okay. Got a picture, though? Yep. All right. Blonde Gummy Bear. So everything's spelled regularly. Well, gummy with a Y. B-E-A-R. Blonde Gummy Bear. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Says that she's on TikTok. Her name is, I guess it's Nicole. Yep, that's her. her. What her name is, and that page is not available. Oh man! Um, but that's all right. We got the picture. We got to get you a burner phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> all right, and then Miss. I'm sure they love me looking up all these names on the, right. on the, on the computers. <laughs> and then uh, Miss M S dot Seti S E T H I I S E T H I I. Okay. 
um, oh, Miz, is it Miz? Miz, yeah, Miz, M-S yeah. dot. Yeah. Yeah. Her name her? is like Sheila Septi or something. Yeah. Um, like that. Okay, um, I will definitely take the uh, Gypsy. Yeah. Gypsy, whatever her name is. Whatever, um, yeah. I will take Blonde Gummy Bear, number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take uh, Vanessa Vanessa Sita official okay. number three, and Miss Ms. Seti um, goes number four. All right, let's see if we can get one more in here real All quick. Right. All right, Darla Dimples, D A R L A, Dimples, D I M P L E S underscore. Okay. Darla Shuttlesworth. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Chris. Christine Baby Gigi, so C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, mm-hmm. Baby, spelled traditionally, and then G-G. Letters G-G. Oops. Hang on. Let me see. Say that Say that again. All right, Christine. C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. Uh-huh, Baby. Baby. And then G and G, yep. All right. Got her? Um... Yes. All right, cool. The underscore. The underscore. The, T-H-E, mm-hmm. underscore, Amanda, spelled regular, mm-hmm. underscore, Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E. Amanda Nicole. Mm-hmm. All right. And all right. Got her. And then the last one, Creole Barbie, C-R-E-O-L-E, B-A-R-B-I, and then three E's. Oh, boy. Yeah, she got Three old she got all her hashtags and mm-hmm. everything. All right. Um, that was worth the wait. I'll take her number <laughs> one. <laughs> I'll take her number one. I'll take uh, Christine Baby Gigi number two. Okay. Um, I'll take I'll take Amanda Nicole number three and uh, Darla Dimples number four. All there right, you go. there That's it is. Ranking for a Friday. Chuck Green the Key Studios. Love TKO up next. Sports Radio 929 the game, the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.